Let's take a minute and thank our sponsors for helping grow this podcast to bigger and better every episode. Our first one is SR3 Rescue Concepts because you don't know what you don't know. Our next one is Life Saving Systems Corporation. We do our work so you can do yours. Tough gear for tough jobs. Breeze Eastern, the world's only dedicated helicopter hoist and winch provider. And Flipping Coffee, brewing real coffee with real ingredients for real coffee drinkers. SR3 Rescue Concepts is a training company that can help with your helicopter training, standardization, and safety checks. Or maybe just an annual FAA refresher is what you need. They're ready to help your agency keep up to date with current techniques, rules, regulations, and equipment. The training staff is amazing. With certified flight instructor pilots and experienced crew members that are offering training in rescue, medical, tactical, firefighting, and ground operations. SR3 has partnered with Petzl to assist with a personal protective equipment inspection course and the highly specific Lazard, which is used for helicopter cliff and mountain rescue. And to add into it, they also teach ground tactical emergency care. Contact them today at sr3rescueconcepts.com. Again, sr3rescueconcepts.com or follow them on Instagram at sr3 underscore rescue. That's sr3 underscore rescue. Then we have Life Saving Systems Corporation. Manufactures the world's toughest helicopter rescue gear. From their Triton harness, which is my favorite harness being a rescueman, to the rescue basket, litters, and of course the most popular hoist hook in helicopters, yes, the D-Lock. The team at LSC cuts, bends, sews, wells, and machines these products into existence every day and sends them on their way to us. We do our work so that you can do yours. LSC, tough gear for tough jobs. Check them out at lifesavingsystems.com. That's lifesavingsystems.com. And follow them over on Instagram, at R-E-S-Q-G-E-A-R. That's at Rescue Gear. Next is Breeze Eastern. Since the very first helicopter rescue in November 1945, Breeze Eastern has designed and manufactured superior rescue hoist solutions. While much of the technology and unique mission requirements has changed over the past 75 years, their commitment to the rescuers, operators, and those rescued has not. Contact Breeze Eastern today by visiting at breeze-eastern.com. That's breeze-eastern.com. And the last one is Flippin' Coffee. At Flippin' Coffee, we roast each batch to perfection to bring that smooth, delicious cup of coffee that you won't find in most other brands. We like to keep it simple. Brewing real coffee using real ingredients for real coffee drinkers. Contact them today at flippincoffee.com. That's F-L-I-P-P-I-N coffee.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at flippincoffee. That's at F-L-I-P-P-I-N coffee. As a bonus, Flippin' Coffee is given a promotion. If you punch in promotion code, all capitals, R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q, you get 10% off. That's promo code REALRESCUE, capitals, all capitals, R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q, and you get 10%. If you're just going to send everybody an email, just make sure you tell them one thing. Quinny sent me here. And thank you to all of our sponsors. Well, this doesn't happen very often, so I'm really psyched about this episode. We've got two guys coming to us from Norway. And from the release of this episode, this rescue happened like two weeks ago and it was gnarly straight up awesome these guys their whole crew and i'm giving credit to the entire crew did one heck of a job two helicopters 50 foot waves huge boat taken on water i don't even want to spoil it because it's an amazing story to hear so buckle your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen here is alan finn and hans jonas my name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 500. 
These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is The Real Rescue Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Real Rescue Podcast. Today I am pumped because I got two guys from Norway that just had a badass case just like the oh the video is insane i'm gonna post it if you haven't seen it go search for it uh they're flying with chc up there in norway mr alvin finn and hans jonas welcome to the show what's up guys uh, hi it's jason thank you very much uh i'm glad to to be here on your podcast thanks man how are you hans yeah i'm excited first time uh to ever be on a podcast me too but that's okay you know I, we slept in a holiday in last night so we're good to go <laughs> oh i'm just kidding so you guys just had a gnarly case off norway uh that kind of went a little bit viral through our world as far as the rescue world and i just i'm i'm so happy to have you guys here because i want to hear about this i mean you're talking there was what at least almost 10 meter waves and if not bigger, and the boat was huge and listing to the right side and two helicopter crews and two helicopters and that was legit. So if you don't mind, just kind of give everybody a rundown. Well, actually, before we go that far, Alvin, if you don't mind, introduce yourself to everybody and tell them who you are and where you are and a little bit of a resume. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, my name is Alvin Finn. I'm, uh, I'm 43 years old. I've been a rescue man with uh, CHC here in Norway for uh, 10 years now. And um, I live on the west coast of Norway. My base is in uh, Flora, where we have a rescue helicopter, uh, Super Puma, uh, for the Ministry of Justice. So we do both the rescues uh, at sea we do rescues in the mountains, summer and winter time. Uh, the highest peaks here are like above 7,000 feet. And uh, we also do air ambulance missions, like uh, close to 50% of what we do is air ambulance actually. So uh, the area of operation is big, uh, both when it comes to different scenery, nature, and uh, also different kind of op- t- types of rescues and uh, medical work. Nice. So that's me and my base. That's awesome. Mr. Hans, if you could introduce yourself, please. Yeah, uh, my name is Hans Jonas. Uh, I'm a four, uh, I got four years experience working as a rescue swimmer. So I'm basically a new guy still. Nice. Work, uh, with the CHC at the Stotfjord, Bravo, as we uh, do the search and rescue for the oil industry. Uh, I'm uh, stationed on an uh, S-92 Sikorsky. Uh, Great helicopter. Yeah. I love that helicopter. And I haven't even yeah. flown on it, but <laughs> I like America. it. It just works. It just works. It's a big machine. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big thing. Uh, well, yeah, that, that, that's basically the, it. We, we only do uh, water rescue. That's our thing. There's not a lot of mountains uh, stationed in the, in the oil fields. Yeah, no, there's not. And you're going offshore oh. to a lot of oil platforms and stuff. So I get it. Yeah. yeah. I, I understand so, uh, that world. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, ah. We do sea rescue. That's our thing. And the medevacs. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful. All right. So now I, I want to touch on this one case that you guys just did because it is insane. It like, it's awesome. So Alvin, I'll start with you and just kind of paint the picture. What was the call and, and just kind of walk me through what you guys did on your helicopter. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, uh, we were actually having breakfast, late breakfast and uh, about 10 o'clock, a little bit, bit past 10. Uh, I was drinking our coffee and then the scramble goes, uh, they tell us there's a ship uh, with, uh, what you call it when it's... Uh, Pitching and rolling or like... Listing. Yeah, no, on, on the side. Yeah, listing. it's l- yeah. listing to... Yep. Listing and 
12 people on board pretty far out from the coast and um, they need or they want to evacuate. There are 12 people, they want to evacuate eight and then take it from there. So I'm like, okay, 12 people. We knew it was a storm uh, from, from the weather forecast and it was also at our base. It was pretty heavy weather. Uh, so, um, and when you got that message, I was, my first thought was, okay, I'm going to go in the sea and pick those up, uh, because it kind of, you, you got the feeling that the ship is with, with, with heavy listing and in those waves, it might not be floating when we get there. It's right. uh, close to an hour flying, flying time because of the winds. It was 50 to 60 knots wind and it was <laughs> a headwind for us. So, so it took, yeah, it took more than an hour to get there. Holy cow. So I'm preparing for that. We're taking out our stretcher and kind of trying to take out some equipment, all the mountain rescue equipment to make the helicopter lighter. And we take a full amount of fuel. So we have, can fly three and a half hour. And I put on my, uh, my uh, wet sea, my sea pickup uh, suit and equipment. And uh, we go in, a, in 12, 13 minutes, we're taking off and setting the course. All right, Hans, what about you? So your call comes in, and what do you get? Uh, we got from the local air traffic control uh, out in the oil fields that they, that they do who dispatch us. And we got basically the same call. It's uh, a little bit uh, farther out than one hour. But then again, it, it's uh, everything stops, drop everything, and just prepare the machine for hypothermia patients. We basically knew already that we won't, we wouldn't be the fastest one on station. Yeah. So we also prepared ourselves for a sea pickup. Nice, uh, just in case the vessel had gone down. So that was it, and more information coming. Yeah, it's rough. And the, hold on, that. wait a minute. You just said it came over. The sea was rough. Like seriously, yeah. is that? I mean, we're talking. All right. So for all my imperialists, if I, if correct me if I'm wrong here, but it was like ten meter waves. That's like thirty uh, feet. It was way more. Oh, it was more than that. It was yeah, the Danish fish. Ten was the day ahead. Us, uh, they talked to the local air traffic control at one point during the pickup, it was 50 feet, so 18 meters. <laughs> 50 feet, 18 meter waves? Wow! Yeah. Dude, that's yeah. it. That's crazy. That's the, that's rough that's the most. Yeah, yeah, that's a rough sea. <laughs> uh, Damn! That's a rough sea. Yeah. That's what they call a rough sea in the, in the, in the, in the, in the North Sea here. <laughs> No, in the beginning, in the beginning, when we came, the the waves were uh, like significant waves were twelve meters, okay, uh, and like the average was twelve, and and the maximum was fifteen. That's when the operation started when we came as the first helicopter. Wow! All right, so Alvin, so, you guys show up on yeah. scene first, and uh, I'm I'm going to tell a little bit of the video, but I want uh, kind of more of a backstory, but. You guys hoisted guys right off the, the ship itself, which was amazing. Um, how did that come in to be? Like, you know, when you came on scene. Well, um, the first thing, uh, you, know, you know, normally when you have big waves and big ships and they go uh, straight against the waves, they kind of only move in the, in the pitch, you yeah. know, up and down kind of. But yeah. the problem here was that it moved in three areas. Like it was the pitch. And in addition, you had the roll. It was rolling sideways because of the, of the uh, list. And uh, it was like uh, when at the minimum, it was five to 10 degrees. But then it rolled down as much as maybe 45 degrees listing in, in the waves. Because the waves came a little bit from the side. Yeah. In addition to the rolling, it also kind of moved around the yaw axis. You know, the, the aft of the ship was moving sideways in addition. Yeah. Which so you see in the video as well. Moving. Yeah, it's going sideways, it's going up and down, and it's rolling to the side. 
so it's a little bit more uh, movement in different axes than we kind of used to. And that's maybe what was the most special thing in this situation. And in addition to that, uh, I don't know if you remember the Viking Sky two years ago, a, a big cruise ship here in Norway uh, that almost hit, hit the shore. We evacuated I... like 470 people from there. Okay, we'll have to talk about uh, that one that was uh, later. Yeah, yeah, two, two year, yeah, two years ago. Uh, and that was also 50 meter waves, but it was moving in the pitch and it had a very clean deck with no danger of entangling the hoist wire. Right. But this ship uh, was full of boats and a lot of different, I don't know, stuff yeah. on the deck. So I had one space which was approximately five times five meter, uh, where it was safe to come to, to land. And we had to hit that spot. And uh, in such waves, you know, you have, those, you have those periods where the boat is moving a lot. And then you have like a calm period. And yeah. it, it goes for 10 to 20 seconds maybe. And then it will start moving a lot again. So, so we knew that if we were going to do this in a safe manner, which we have to, uh, you will, we will have to find that those, those 10 seconds, that's what we get. That's our window. So we use a lot of time. Where, well, what's a lot of time? We use like maybe 10 minutes to yeah. kind of get to know the boat, see how it works, see how it's moving, see how the cold periods are, how often they come. Uh, kind of do an evaluation with uh, nice. the door open. We're flying. We're testing the flying. Uh, the how the helicopter works. We're doing a dummy run in to see uh, the hover references for the pilot. Uh, kind of pre pretend to do a hoisting just to see how it works. Super smart. And, and Super smart. Of, yeah. <clears throat> we always in such situations you should always do a dummy run. Yeah. And we. Very often we do that on training as well, even if we don't need it, because we want to train as you fight and fight as you train. Love so, it. Love it. I do so, the same uh, thing here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's really important. So, so we do everything. We take our time, the time we need to do a good evaluation, uh, get to know the boat, and we find this spot. Uh, we do a brief to the people on board to how to handle the, the guideline. Do you call it guideline or high guideline, tagline, trail line? It's it's a rope. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. A rope with a weak link. To those Correct. Yeah. yeah, we call it guideline. So we deliver that, and um, you know, from people who has never done it before, you don't get that much help. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, <laughs> but you get a little bit, and. No, no. So you're kind of, ah, oh, come on, help me a little bit here. <laughs> and without, without that help, I'm not able to get down. So I'm trying to use my hands to signal to them how to keep it more tight, keep it more firm, to, to uh, kind of stabilize me. Um, and during some minutes, they kind of understand more and more, and I get more and more help from them. I think I'm in the wire under the helicopter for eight or nine minutes you're hanging uh, below the aircraft the time we're actually yeah wow yeah. man close that, to I, the ship trying to kind of learn them to use this guideline correct and um, when they start to to kind of find work that out we are ready to do an approach and try and i think we try three or four times before we get that spot when, when I was able to land. No, you kind of, you, you kind of try it's, it's in such situations or conditions. I think it's quite normal to do several uh, tries to, so you, you try one time, it doesn't work. You just cut, you break off and you start over again yeah. and to break off. That's an, that's a standard procedure, or at least it should be to yeah. break off. is not a, uh, uh, it's not something dangerous, or you didn't you did not succeed. Uh, it's it's just a normal. If 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 you are not sure that this will work correctly, if the pilot is not happy, if the hoist operator is not happy, or I'm not happy, just break off, yeah. go out, and start over again.
exactly uh, i, I like I we call it all that yeah i actually call that an abort so just oh let's abort this and move back to the safe position and yeah. reset that's beautiful yeah yeah so we did that sometime and then the window opened and i got down very nice i get off the hook immediately and set it up because i went down without uh, rescue straps, without anything. I didn't want to have anything on my body that could entangle because it was some, so it was a lot of stuff there where, which I could entangle. So I wanted to be clean and just get down and get control of the steering line and, and try to teach those guys to help me because uh, every time the ship's uh, list is listing 40, 45 degrees, the, the guideline is also kind of dropping down and I'm afraid that it will entangle and I will lose the connection to the hook and they have yeah, to lower yeah. a new guideline. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm using a lot of time to kind of uh, find out how I can work this guideline with help from those guys so that I don't lose it. Uh, wow. So uh, I mean, so that the weak link doesn't, uh, doesn't break. break. Yeah. So as soon as I'm kind of feeling, uh, feeling okay and uh, control of the situation, uh, talking to those guys to help me, then I tell the helicopter, we have in, uh, Polycon, uh, I can talk to them on intercom. From nice. In, in yeah. West, and I so, hear them all the time. Everyone on board, I hear the hoist operator, the boat pilots, everyone. And they're talking to me. I tell them, okay, I'm ready. Uh, send down the first rescue strap. Um, then we're starting. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, first of all, your pilots and um, air crew from, are on point, which is amazing. That, like, yeah. you know, the hovers, like watching it from uh, the other aircraft and, and just a video and your, and your winch operator, I mean, having to adjust for the seas and the, and the boat movement. I mean, those guys were on just on point they were perfect it was beautiful it was it was a work of art to watch yeah. it was awesome yeah and i really really did a great job uh the, the helicopter was so steady the pilot was just really awesome uh both pilots were awesome because the, the second pilot uh he's helping out a lot because he's reading the way he's looking at the waves in front he's always looking at the altimeter how we're moving if the wind is coming from the side or in the front of the helicopter, like one pilot alone can't, can't hover yeah. like that on such a boat without help. No, so was... he's also doing a great job to help the pilot in command to, to keep the helicopter steady. And, and we have an electrical hoist, uh, which is pretty fast, moves uh, close to two meters per second. Wow. Uh, which also is a safety in such a situation. Every time you have to abort, you know that you're going to be hoisted up with yeah. a high speed. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Up. Are so you guys using the uh, Breeze Eastern yeah, or the Goodrich? A good, thing. Um, a good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I think actually we have both. Okay. I think yeah, we have one hydraulic hoist and one electric. And I think oh. it's one from each actually. In my nice. house, in the Super Puma. <laughs> I don't know, Hans, what's... Uh, in the Sikorsky, yeah. it's two electrical hoists. I don't know. No, I don't really you know. know that's what they, uh... Yeah, no worries. No worries. Just figure that ask. It's breeze. I should know it, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're going to go back to work tomorrow. You're going to be just, like, what's that damn hoist on the helicopter? Yeah. I'm going to the... <laughs> call my hoist operator later, but tell me, what's the yeah, that's... damn hoist? <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So Alvin, exactly. one, one more question and then I want to jump on to you, Hans, yeah. is yeah. how you had, how many people did you pull off that vessel while you were there? Uh, eight people. Eight people. Okay. One, one at a time. Uh, yeah. Normally we are able to do two at a time and we, we discussed it. But as I was down there, you know, I, I was not able to stand like on my feet. I was kind of, 45 degrees angle. I was, uh, I had to really keep, keep, uh, hold on to something, not yeah. to slide down. And the people that I was, were going to hoist up, they were sliding as well. Yeah. So like, 
I wasn't able to actually work with more than one person at a time because of the movement on the boats and the till, uh, the listing. And uh, in addition, uh, it was so many things there where the hoist cable could entangle, which is the worst thing oh, that yeah. can happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, hoist cable entanglement is like worst case scenario. So, so you want to be 100% focused on, the, on that wire and uh, not entangle. And in those conditions, I couldn't work with two people uh, at the time. So, so for safety, I took one and one. Perfect. And we felt that we had, we had even enough fuel. The boat was floating. So no, no need to rush it. Awesome, man. That is awesome. Uh, what, what, uh, rescue equipment were you using to pick those guys up with? Standard rescues, like this helicopter sling. Oh um, yeah. No. Rescue strap or quick them, strap. Uh, the same as we use in water. Yeah. Yeah, nice. quick strop, same as we use from water. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. Easy. Nice. Dude, yeah, that's awesome. Fast, and these were young, young, strong people, so they can hold on. It's, uh, yeah, it's a good equipment for that situation. Yeah. So you get eight people off that vessel, plus you got inserted and you got extracted. Yeah. So there's 10 hoists going into that ship yeah. right off the get-go with your aircraft. Yeah. That is awesome. The whole air crew, awesome job. It is sick. That's beautiful. All right, Hans, and, and you're coming in as backup right now because there are four guys left on this boat that need to come off. Is that right? No, no not exactly. The, the four guys left, they were supposed to try to salvage the situation and save the boat. Okay. So uh, when we got there... Um, we were just watching Alvin uh, starting his uh, evacuation of the eight guys. So we, we just went top cover and started filming. And uh, of course, we were ready if anything uh, should happen. It, it was a real gnarly situation. Uh, uh, it, it just doesn't emphasize how bad it really was, and especially the landing area. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, that was dangerous stuff. Yeah, that, uh, and I'll, I'll vouch for that. That video does not do the on-scene justice because Double. those were big waves, a big ship, lots of moving parts. But, so, yeah, so, uh, okay, we, we, we as crew, we thought, we thought okay, they're going to take mm -hmm. those guys off and we're going to be on a merry way home to eating lunch. That's it. <laughs> I love and, it. Uh, and... Um, of course, we, we also had the saver, a sea king from Erlanda, uh, coming down as well. So uh, we went top cover when uh, Flora went back uh, to Olesen to refuel. Okay. And uh, we stayed with the ship and just uh, hovering behind it. Uh, and then uh, we started to get low on fuel. So we started to fly in towards land and uh, saver 04 took over as top cover. And we landed uh, and talked to the guys, uh, Alvin and the other guys. And I was uh, like really upset. I was like, ah, you're always stealing my rescue. <laughs> That's what we do. I love it. Yeah, I, said, I said that to Alvin. And uh, yeah, you should be careful what you ask for. I just didn't realize it, what yeah. was going to happen yet. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> I, think, I, think I, answered, I think I answered something like, Take it easy, man. It's going to come to you one day, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I was right. I was oh, right, my. Wasn't I? <laughs> so, uh, as I remember it, uh, uh, the, the helicopter, Alvin, got a message from our uh, JCC to go to Flora and uh, take on the village pumps they have there. Okay. And we were to go out and uh, maintain the top cover while Saver 04 went and got some more fuel. So we did that. We flew out again. And we could already see there that the ship was listing way more. It was getting even more gnarlier and more dangerous. So, um, yeah, we just went top cover. And uh, it was a couple of times there, actually, we thought the ship was going down. It was so bad. We were sitting, I was sitting all dressed up, ready to go, and just, oh my God, oh my God, it's going now, it's going now. It's about, 
suddenly just popped up uh, out of the water again. So, yeah, and then uh, Alvin and uh, the rest of his crew uh, got on station and had uh, had with them their uh, village pumps, and uh, that was also that was impressive actually. I have I have to say that was really impressive. One thing is to get Alvin down there, uh, but Alvin he's uh, he's a strong dude, and he knows what's going on. The village yeah. pumps they don't cooperate. Right, right. And uh, yeah, I have to say that that was also impressive, uh, the way they handled it, delivered to village pumps. How many uh, how many pumps did you guys send down there, Alvin? Uh, we sent down two village pumps. Yeah, uh, they're like packed like completely with gas and everything and hoses and everything ready to use. Yeah, they're in this big uh, uh, yeah, box uh, ready for hoisting. And um, you know, there's two ways to do it. The one is to hoist down the rescue man, the rescue swimmer, and we can use the the um, guideline and kind of control it, hoist them down with the hoist cable. And uh, that was what we were planning for because we had already been on a boat. So we thought that should be okay. And then when we were on our way out, uh, Hans and his crew told us that ah, it's a little bit worse here now. So, <laughs> uh, but you can look at it. And I remember when we came back, my pilot said, oh shit, Alvin, you're not going down there again. <laughs> not for two bilge pumps. Wow. Uh, so, and yeah. I, ag- I agreed because it was much worse. So we, and the plan B is to kind of lower them down without using the uh, hoist cable. Uh, yeah. So we lower them down and we have the weak link up in the helicopter. So as soon as we kind of, uh, we use kind of a rappelling device oh, to lower them nice. from the helicopter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's the old standard uh, rappelling, what you call it, like this eight. Um, yeah, the figure eight. What everyone and... used to when they rappelled. Yeah, yeah, 30 years ago, everyone used it for rappelling. So oh, we used that one to lower them down. And as soon we are on top and yeah, we let it down. We let the rope just go and we released uh, everything from the helicopter. So we're kind of safe all the time. And we did that with two boxes. Okay. They can take uh, 1,000 liter per minute when oh, you're that's... going. 1,000 liter of water per minute. So it's, 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 it's okay. Yeah. Uh, and that was what they needed at that moment. Yeah. But that didn't, uh, that wasn't enough because Hans, you're like, you're, this is about, no, this is no, about Hans time. So, so Hans, what, uh, after these guys drop that stuff on, what happens with you guys? Yeah, we, we started to get low on fuel, so we went back into uh, Alderson to refuel. Okay. And again, we thought, yeah, that was it. Now we're going to home, going home to eat dinner. That's cool. <laughs> and then uh, we started to hear a little bit talk on the radio. Uh, and the captain confirmed after landing, after talk to the, uh, what do you call the, the dispatch or yep. something like that. Uh, yeah, dispatch is perfect. Yeah, yeah. That uh, okay. Uh, now the situation has ended. We need to evacuate the uh, last four, and then. But then I thought, yeah, but Flora is there, uh, being top cover. They're gonna do it then, and then uh, they started to get low on fuel as well. So we kind of realized that okay, it's uh, our turn then. <laughs> so yeah, then it was game on. Yeah, everybody. buddy. <laughs> Everyone's really excited. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then we started to fly out and we met uh, Flore halfway. And uh, I think we asked them if they had some uh, last minute tips. And uh, asked you also... talking the other crew, you're asking yeah. the other crew. Okay. Yeah. And we also got the confirmation that one uh, of the crew members was injured at this time. Because those guys are working with the pumps, they're trying to get this stuff going. So some guy gets hurt as they're trying to work in this boat that's rocking and rolling. Holy smoke! Yeah. Let's just make let's make matters worse. Why why wouldn't we do that? That's yeah. nice. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that that made the situation a little bit different. And we didn't know what was wrong with him. Was he crushed? Was it a 
CPR? Was it a stroke? Was it a traumatic brain injury? What was going on? And I talked to the medic uh, and the rest of the crew. How are we going to solve this situation? Because I'm not really keen be looking at the situation of taking down the stretcher aboard yeah. that ship. Right. Because the stretcher that uh, is really dangerous in those uh, conditions. Yeah. But okay. We need to get closer to the ship and talk to them and try to figure out what was going on. So, yeah, we went back on station. We talked to them, and the, the situation was really bad. It was listing even more. <laughs> the, the movement was erratic. It was a huge movement on the ship. Uh, it was really, the sea was, um, it was really difficult to read the waves as well. So uh, we talked to the guy uh, who, was, who was injured. He has, uh, yeah, they injured his back, uh, being on uh, deck when the ship rolled. Okay. But he could move and he had never been uncon- unconscious or anything else. It's just his back was bad. Yeah. But he could walk. Okay. So, okay, then it's not that bad. Yeah. So we made one attempt uh, landing at the same area as Alvin. Uh, I, I gave it a, like a 3 to 5% chance that it could work if the guy on deck could hold on to the guideline good. But uh, we soon realized that that was futile. Uh, I think I had 9 or 10 near-death experiences hanging inside <laughs> the <laughs> And that, you had hold on. Yeah. I, I gotta let me let me recap that. You had nine or ten near deaths during that time. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> if we had moved in, I would I would be messed up really bad. Oh gosh. And that, and that poor guy on deck, he was hanging on for dear life. He couldn't hold on to a guideline. So basically, we lowered the guideline. We lowered me beside the ship. And then 10 seconds later, I just uh, took the guideline off the uh, off the wire and threw it, it in the sea. Oh, and hoisted yeah. up and said, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Smart move. So, yeah, so th- then the option was, yeah, you, you got to jump in the sea. And <laughs> I wasn't really that keen on it, and I could understand that. But uh, I, if I can't promise them uh, a, a safe uh, evacuation uh, from the ship, then it's much safer to get, do it from the sea. Right. Even I if, totally even agree. People, yeah, even if for people who don't understand it, it looks really bad and maybe worse than hoisting from the ship, but it's much safer. Yeah. You're, you're in pretty much open water and uh, looking at the video, you know, it's, it's not dark it is stormy but it's still light enough out so you can yeah you can watch him jump into the water and, and grab them okay yeah so yeah and then uh, we uh, talked to the guys on the ship and they relaxed uh, relaxed what it's called uh, they wasn't agreeing with jumping in the sea but they didn't have any choice so that's yeah the, <laughs> that's the thing yeah you want to ride the boat in? Just call them up. You want to ride that boat all the way down to the bottom of the ocean? Whatever. It was was basically... We have to do it before it gets dark. You know, big waves, night, and a ship that's rocking and rolling, that's not not fun. That's uh, that's hairy. So, yeah, uh, we uh, got in position behind the ship, and... uh, we talked to them, and, uh, and the um, first uh, guy uh, who should jump in the water should be the guy who was injured. Uh, and that's, yeah. And uh, I would be uh, hanging behind the ship and give them, uh, give them the hand signals to jump when it looks looked okay. Yeah. But, and then again, I also thought to myself that when I was hanging behind the ship and I started to give hand signals it took a couple of times before the first guy jumped i was thinking to myself there's no way that he's going to jump this is just uh, uh, no he's going down with the ship and <laughs> oh and then God. on the third third the time i gave the hand signal he jumped and uh, it was kind of, it's funny afterwards it was kind of big surprised me i, I said some um, words 
not bad words, but the words in surprise that he actually jumped. I didn't believe it that he was going to do it. I'm sure it was something like, holy shit, he actually did it. <laughs> yeah, something like that, basically, in Norwegian. <laughs> oh, in Nor- sorry, in Norwegian, that's right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So now yeah, you got... Go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm loving yeah, this. I got the first one in the water, and this is kind of strange. It's kind of funny, though, but the guy didn't he had a um a survival suit uh, on and i also had a life jacket but okay he had a life jacket on his stomach so when he was lying in the water he was lying on his stomach and he didn't move so oh. i I'm, i got fanatic with the hand signals just get me down get me down oh my god he's he's what happened is he dead like everything went through my head and so they dropped me down in the water, uh, not far from him, as we had agreed on, and as we always train on. Yeah. And uh, I started to swim for their life. And then suddenly when I was half a meter away from him, he lifted his head and looked kind of surprising at me. And I was like, whoa, he's alive. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, thank but God. It's such a sigh of relief. You're like, oh, thank God you're still alive. <laughs> Okay, yeah. now let's get you to the helicopter. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing. With with those kind of waves, even if it's a fast electric winch, you have to be um, really on target, uh, especially with the timing on the waves, or else it's going to get rough yeah. really bad. And really that's bad. having a fantastic hoist operator and a phenomenal pilot up, up top above you. That's yeah. that's what that and comes down to. Helicopter. Yeah. So shout out to those guys again. I mean, yeah. wow. And, uh, yeah. And uh, of course, those guys I flew with was the same guys I was with on the Viking Sky as well. Exactly the same guys. So I, I know I always flew with those guys. I know that they were on the ball. I could uh, remember how they talked to each other and they wasn't stressing uh, or anything at all. So they were, this was just practice. Yeah. So I was really assured by that uh, communication they had uh, with themselves. But then again, get the sling on the patient. You know, there's three things in the water. There is uh, the wire control. Do not get that wire around yourself or the survivor. Yeah. Get the sling on correctly and try to maintain a good body positioning even if you get lifted up uh, uh, hard. So yeah. that, that was those things. And the, the fourth thing, the fourth thing I thought about was that I better not screw this up because Alvin is watching. <laughs> he's, he's oh, man. Come on, you know Alvin's like critiquing right there. He's like, yeah. he, he does this right. Senior, he's like a senior <laughs> instructor as well, so you know he knows what's going on. <laughs> oh so, yeah, that, it was I, it was quite funny. I actually thought about it when we when I exited the helicopter first time. Like, oh, you better not screw this one up. Oh, oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> Well, yeah. So this is this is only guy one too, right? Like this is the yeah. first guy. You still got yeah. three more to go. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, and uh, yeah, everything went okay. It was a little bit rough. We missed a little bit on the timing on the first one, okay. but okay. Uh, we got up in the helicopter, and my medic, he's a huge guy. He's two ten to two meters, ten centimeters, and one hundred and thirty kilos with just muscles. Oh, good so lord! Yeah, he pulled us in all the way. I, my feet wasn't on the deck before I was halfway through the helicopter. So yeah, it was it was quite. And funny. We'll, we'll throw something out. He he did it with one hand too, right? I, you, no, you, no, he used his both. Ah, uh, sure he did. Yeah, two <laughs> yeah, so meters like, tall. Yeah, no, it was one yeah. hand. I, that's what I'm saying. It was one hand. I wasn't yeah. even there. <laughs> I, I actually started laughing uh, in the helicopter because of it. And then uh, then we did a really fast recap, me and the hoist operator, just talking about a little bit about the angles and the movement of the sea, uh, that we have to be a little bit more careful about uh, making the exit out of the water. At yep. a, uh, just a small corrections there. And then, uh, yeah, the second one and the third one and fourth one, it basically, went perfect oh, i can't nice. complain anything. it just went smooth sailing nice uh, very so, yeah. nice 
we also talked about it. We got one survivor at a time, and we have to use uh, a lot of time between the sets of waves and just, uh, yeah, just to try to figure out the timing correctly. Wow. Man, and that's that's like hats off to the pilots and the the hoist operator or your winch operator as you guys call them out yeah. there because they like getting that timing to get us as rescuemen into the water and just making that that those slight adjustments as the waves coming up and going down and going peak of the crest of the wave trough of the wave i mean they are those the hoist operators are working so yeah. man uh, I, so, I, as I said, said to the, that guy, is, uh, I don't know how many times I saved my life, but yeah, I think they're the greatest people in the world. Yeah, man. You could be, you could be the greatest rescue skimmer in the world, but it doesn't matter if you don't have a good uh, hoist operator or good pilots. That is a fact, man. Stuff. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. So I, I, call the, I call the hoist operators my guardian. Me too. <laughs> I just they're, call them my guardian because they really are. Yeah. They're, they're the guys that make sure we uh, get on deck safely and back in the helicopter. Thank you to yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, they're, so, they're a really unappreciated group of guys. Wow. All right. So, Alvin, I do have a question about uh, Hans's work there. With everything you saw, would he have passed the, the check ride? <laughs> Did he do all right? <laughs> I have to think about that. Oh, <laughs> come on, Hans. <laughs> I was looking and it was really good. I was, I was kind of, I was proud. I was proud of him. Now, you know, at the same time you're sitting there and you're thinking, Oh, I'm ready. I can, I can pick one. <laughs> I want to do this, <laughs> but uh, I really, I'm happy. I'm happy. We could share this experience. Um, with the other helicopter, the other crew. We are colleagues, we know them very well. And to work together like that, having the safety of another helicopter as a top yeah. cover in case something happens, it's it's great. And uh, no, it was, um, I had really a good, uh, the best, the front seat there looking at that operation. And Man. they did a fantastic job. Yeah, you know what? And again, I saw literally a 30-second clip of what you guys did. And you're telling me, Hans, that you went back for two – well, really, you went through three bags of gas. So you flew out once, went back to refuel, flew out again, went back and refueled, and flew out again. Um, Alvin, I believe you did the same thing, went out there basically <clears throat> three times. And if you're flying three hours at a pop, you know, you're, yeah. you're looking at three almost – nine hours worth of flight time to make this happen. So that, that is a long, long day, especially when you're flying that long. And then with all the work in between the whole crew, you guys must've been exhausted when you got back. Oh, adrenaline yeah. is kind of funny thing. Yeah. I was, I, it, it was quite funny when I began to start fueling. I tried to get down and get some sleep. I, I think I showered two times, but uh, <laughs> it was hopeless. I had way too much adrenaline in the body. So I, I didn't feel it for the next 12 hours. The next day was really bad, though. I was so tired. Yeah. Wow. Man, awesome. You know what, guys? I'm, I'm psyched uh, you know, to, to see what you guys did. 12 lives saved property you know just you saved you saved them and between the two yeah, you guys working it was awesome well done to yeah, both you guys yeah. and all the air crew throw them in there as well so do you know why he uh, alvin is the legend well, i would i'm excited to hear why is alvin the yeah, legend because, yeah because the eight yeah. guys on deck that's one thing but he actually managed to lower four guys in 10 meter waves at that ship later on what? A couple of experts, experts. That's that's what makes him the legend. <laughs> so, wait, so what you're saying is there's more to this story than just that rescue. You went yeah. back out to the ship to send guys back in to save the ship. Yeah, he did that. Oh, yeah. come on! That's, Dude, that's that, awesome. That is a really well, big thing that they managed to do because I have never, never 
even in my wildest dreams, there that somebody's going to do that. And that that's skills. That's really skills. They managed to do that. Nice. Um, so Alvin, back to you, my friend. Hans just threw you like uh, right into the blades, man. <laughs> so you guys went. Did you guys did you guys go back out the next day, or was it the same day? Two days after. So two days later, uh, the boat's still the floating. Okay. The next day on Tuesday yep. and. Yeah, and and it's and it's uh, drifting. Uh, yeah, it's still floating. Um, it actually at some point it uh, the the mo- the engine stopped and it started drifting because they put it on autopilot to just go northwest. Okay. And uh, hopefully try to the, their plan was probably to cover it some days later, far far out in the in the Norwegian Sea. But um, <clears throat> but at some point the engine has stopped and it started drifting and some of the, the boats the most heavy boat on the top deck was gone, and luckily because that probably saved the whole ship. It was the, that boat uh, weighs two hundred and fifty five tons. Oh. That one boat on the top that was gone. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that happened when the ship started drifting sideways uh, in those waves. It probably, I'm sure, it listed much more than we can imagine. And this boat popped off deck, um, and that probably saved the ship. And the ship is drifting towards shore, and they think that it might hit shore uh, during Wednesday, like two days later, but they okay. don't know for sure. Uh, and it will, if it hits the western coast, uh, it will be a catastrophic event when, where you went when it comes to like uh, the, all the oil. It had right. extremely much oil on board. So, so they really, really want to, to save the ship because of, because of that, uh, because, of the envi- because of the environment. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they ask us if it's possible. They ask some other helicopters to do it, but they won't. And um, we said that uh, we can't answer that without going out and take a look. Um, you can fly out, take a look, and we'll tell you. And when we came out there Wednesday morning, uh, yeah, it was still like 10 meter waves, so maybe a little bit less. And, um, and, um, the listing was still like it was no sideways in the waves, so every time a wave comes, it it's, it it uh, lists like 40, 45 degrees again, uh, and goes a little bit up and down. But of course, it's much much calmer than the other day. But now uh, there's no person on board. There's no one to give a guideline or anything. So I have to get down there without the guideline, which will be challenging. Uh, but we, as earlier I said, we all we also do um, we do uh, mountain rescue equipment. Actually, we did use mountain rescue techniques done on the boat and equipment to because to hoist down was was okay, but uh, when down on deck, you need to to uh, to be safe, not to slide off the ship. Right. on the wrong way as it's drifting. <laughs> so what I was afraid of was was uh, was to slide on the deck. And so we uh, we did a new evaluation. We kind of found uh, what was the risk here and uh, did some dummy runs again, we did some planning on how we could do this. And we went up and met these four guys from the Netherlands who, whose job is to save ships like this. So they've been in helicopters before. They've been with U.S. Coast Guard. They've been around the world, being hoisted down here and there. So they were kind of experienced. I showed them the video and pictures and told them my plan and the equipment I wanted to use uh, to have a safe uh, procedure, like from going off the hoist hook, you have to to, to uh, anchor to something. Yeah. Or before you go off the hoist hook, you should be anchored. But we don't want to anchor the helicopter on a boat that's moving <laughs> right right so uh, so we have a we have a, something called the lizard it's a helicopter evacuation tool for mountain 
Made by you know Petzl. I do know yeah, the Lizard. Exactly. Petzl Lizard. So I used the Petzl Lizard. I tried. Oh, on the good airport. for you guys. I show them uh, how it works and, and, uh, and why it works and uh, that we were going to use that. I trained them to, to come down, that I would go down, I would use the, the guideline and as they come down, I will have a rope for them, uh, which I had prepared so they could use the Lazard uh, anchor to that one and I would take off the hoist hook and, and send it up. And then they could like move along my rope to a safer position on the boat where they could kind of hold on to some. So uh, the combination of uh, mountain rescue equipment techniques and uh, experience with boats uh, did it possible in a safe manner. Brilliant. It's challenging. Brilliant. And I, I, yeah, both me and those four guys, we, we were sliding several times on board. So we really, we needed that, <laughs> that safety, that anchor. Man, that is awesome. <laughs> and you guys saved the boat. <laughs> we saved the boat. So and the coastline. I, man, I, this is an incredible oh, story, you guys. <laughs> That's, that is awesome. My gosh. So 12 guys off the ship. Then you saved the ship. The, the coastline is, is clean. Man. Yeah. Hats off, you guys. Well done. Well done, man. And thank you yeah, so much uh, for coming on to share it with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure happy. it was. Happy to, happy to share. Yeah, no worries. Um, so I, that is a great lesson learned right there that, you know, using the Lazard and mountain equipment uh, for yeah. something totally different that I, I'm, I have no doubt when Petzl hears this, they're going to be like, Man, we didn't even think of that, you know, using it on a vessel for something like that. But I, I want to throw the question out to both you guys. Are there any other lessons learned that you guys can pass on to everybody else? I'll start with you, Alvin. Anything else? No, I think bottom line is uh, it's really important to, to, uh, to train as you fight. Don't, don't do any differences. You have to train as you fight and you have to fight as you train. So yeah. that makes us safe. And uh, so always use your time to, uh, to uh, do good evaluations and uh, find all the risks that's there and how we can kind of avoid them and mitigate them. And um, I think it's very much about that. And we have to train. If you're going to do operations in such weather, you have to train in that weather too. You have to train in rough sea. Yes. Uh, we do that often. We go out in rough sea and do training uh, so and also uh, also I think it's important that those days that are no waves and sunny and you have your sunglasses on and life is really awesome when you hoist down to a ship on the training, uh -huh. you should not relax too much. You should actually think that you should kind of pretend that the waves are ten meters and it's uh, dark and everything and kind of do all your uh, all your procedures as it was much worse so you get good at them never Love relax it. be like on the alert um and and really uh, try to imagine that the it's really bad conditions and and train for that use every occasion you have to to uh, get good procedures and yeah yeah great advice that's great advice i i can't agree more that's that's brilliant and Hans, what about you? Anything from you uh, out of your experience going down to the water? Uh, no, I don't think more. I, I totally agree with Alvin. You have to train as you fight and uh, use those rare uh, occurrences when it's really bad weather to train. That's important. And, yep. uh, yeah, that's it. And always try to maintain a good CRM with the crew. Very, very good call. Yeah, for sure. That, I think that's really important. But then again, those are my best friends, the guys I flew with. So, uh, so yeah. Well, that certainly we helps. <laughs> yeah, certainly helps. But, yeah, no, I, I don't think. Train as a fight and uh, maintain a good CRM and try to be positive. 
yeah. always uh, try to get the other guys better. I love it. I love it. Man, you guys did a bomb job. I'm so pumped for you guys. It's so excited for you guys. Again, live saved, property saved. Well done to both you guys, for sure. For sure. So um, I, I, that, that covers this case. Absolutely. I, you know what? I'm going to sign off for the moment because um, I don't want to take anything away from this. You guys did such an amazing job. Uh, if you guys, if everybody out there who's listening has not seen this, I'm going to post it on my Instagram. Just, just take a quick 30 second look to see what these guys went out to and what they were looking at. And I promise you that that video does not do it justice because what these guys did was phenomenal. So freaking awesome job, you guys, you guys are incredible. So, and we're going to have you back for sure. So thank you again for coming. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Nice meeting you. You too. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Real Rescue Podcast. Please take a minute and as my daughters like to tell me all the time, like and subscribe. Oh yeah, I appreciate it. So I'm pulling chocks and taking off. But before I go, if anyone out there has a rescue story and would be willing to share it, I would be humbled and honored to have you as a guest. Or if you have any questions about rescue or anything else here that we talk about, please send me an email at therealrescue at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q at gmail.com. Or you can also check us out on our Instagram page at therealrescue, and that's at T-H-E-R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q. And for all of you standing the watch today, remember when that SAR alarm goes off, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. Until next time, stay safe out there, everybody.